welcome to No No Ordinary Ordinary Women, Women. the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and the the batshit crazy. Hey, Ro. Hi, Lynn. How was your week? Well, it's only been two days. It seems like 17 days. It's been super busy, the two days. Um, but on Thursday, we're going out of town on a girl's trip. Whoop, whoop. That's the only thing getting me through life. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, your kids all left you. Aren't my kids they? are, yeah, my kids are all gone. They've all they've all gone back home, and my house is quiet. I um, worked my second job this weekend and then went to my dad. My dad's birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday, Dad even though he doesn't really listen. Um, I went up to his place and helped him install some Alpha shelving. It's like the the really nice closet systems from the container oh, store. Oh, I'm so jealous. I used to have that in my closet. I, I want that in my closet. So I like been nice. built my whole closet on there and I saw how much it was and I was like, no thanks. <laughs> Off to those I go. <laughs> well, you know, you can they have a sale once a year on that stuff. It's January. Yeah, it's, it's like thirty. Still too much for me. Yeah. It's very expensive. But it's really nice and they had it in their old house. So they moved a lot of the pieces, the movable pieces yeah. with them and then built the closets around them. And so See, when you're older. It's easier to spend money on stuff like that. Yes, well, like we I can have think of. Kids. Yeah, yeah, I can think absolutely. of like eight million things I could spend that money on. Absolutely. Well, one of the things with them is um, they had a lot of pieces already. Yeah. But so they sent the measurements, and then they redid their closet. Like they sent an update because they wanted to change some things. Well, somehow it got confused, and the closet size got changed. Oh no! So instead of the long back wall of the walk-in closets being ninety-three inches. They marked one of them at 113 and the other one at 115. And so my dad had to cut down all the pieces of metal. Oh, no. Like the metal racks. He had to buy bolt cutters to cut those. And it was. Why didn't he just send it back? Well, because they live. They don't live near the container store. They live. Oh, and they would have charged him. Yeah. He would have to. No, it's like a pain. So he just cut it himself. (laughs) Um, And so it was just a long process. But I love spending time with my dad. And he and I work very well together. So it was cool. I mean, we had a really good time. So I spent Sunday doing that all day Sunday. Drove two hours. Helped him with that. Um, And then Monday helped him until about one. And then drove home and then worked at my second job last night. So I'm a little tired. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah. But, you know. I made some espresso martinis to liven this show up. Yeah, it's Even really good. They're, they're made with decaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't drink caffeine, and it's too late for Lynn to drink caffeine. So. No, I can't. If I drink caffeine, but now, all I'll decaf be to... has a little bit of caffeine in it. I, I can tell because I drink decaf all the time, and I can tell a difference. If when I, I drink it. if I am up all night tonight, I'm gonna freak out. Yeah, well, it's not that much of a difference. Okay. But if I'm up all night, because I really don't drink caffeine. <laughs> yeah, well, this is, um, so it's espresso. I made it with my little Nespresso machine mixed with, um, and then I use the decaf pods. I always uh, have okay, some decaf yeah. pods on hand. So I use the decaf pods, and it's like absolute vanilla. It's Kal- really good. Kahlua and simple syrup. So, yeah, I like, they're pretty yummy. I think... Uh, next time I make them, maybe for Girls Weekend, I'll bring stuff and make them with Baileys. Oh. Like half Kahlua, half Baileys. Doesn't that sound better? Mm-hmm. They also, I found a recipe for tequila espresso martinis. Mm, I don't know. 
I made um, uh, like a boozy hot chocolate. You know how I love my mm, boozy hot chocolate. I love that. And I made usually I use like half a pack of the hot chocolate. Uh huh. This time I use the whole pack. We have like Lucky Charm hot chocolate, so it has the Lucky Charm. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Marshmallows. Um, but I put I think I put Bailey's and butterscotch schnapps. Oh my god, I love butterscotch. Oh schnapps. my god, I'll bring that to the um, girls weekend. So it Bailey's, was so good. Bailey's and butterscotch schnapps is a Bailey's ice cream butter is a is that a blowjob? What Bailey's Irish cream and butterscotch schnapps? What is that? That's a shot that we. Oh, it's I a, see what you're saying. <laughs> I was like, what? It's a, no, it's it's. That's not the blowjob. What's the, isn't it a butterscotch something? It's a um. Oh my god! I think it's that's the one that Charlie and I used to do all the time. I can't think of it now. Oh my god, Rose, that's going to drive me crazy. Hang on, I got to look it up because I think that's. Oh my god. Put in um. What is a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> See what kind of kind of information you get. Um. Butterscotch schnapps. It's a. I'm gonna feel so stupid. They're calling it a butterball, buttery nipple. God, buttery nipple. Damn. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. I can't believe I forgot that. Charlie's gonna haunt me tonight. That's the shot we. What's used to in it? Do. Just butterscotch. I just told you, Bailey's Irish cream and butterscotch schnapps. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a oh. shooter. Mm, that's a little heavy. That's a little much. I I can't get on board with yeah, that. Yeah, if you mix those with like Cosmos, it doesn't mm-hmm. work out so well. No. That's... I'm just telling you what a friend told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure your friend told you that. So we had a um, a nice response to our question on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram. We said, send us a question. And so people sent us questions. So we're pretty excited about uh, that. Yeah, you want to read, read a couple? Sure. Let's read a few. <clears throat> Go ahead, Rose. <clears throat> Clear your throat. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, so... rolls. <laughs> The first question was, what has been the biggest surprise or thing you didn't expect when starting the podcast? Do you want me to answer it first? Sure. The biggest surprise. Okay, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest surprise is how much work it is. I was, <laughs> that's what, exactly what I was going to say. Um, I didn't expect it would be as much work as it is. However, I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm not, I don't love writing. I don't love, like, research. I don't love stuff like that. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Which is weird for so me. So I think on the flip side of that, like, how much work it is is probably the negative-ish thing. Yeah. But the positive thing is how much we're, like, learning about, not just about the people, but about... History. Just history and struggles people face that aren't exactly in our demographic. You know right. what I mean? Right. And people that it's stuff that like they don't teach in schools, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. We're learning about and we're just it's like mind blowing yeah, some of the stuff. It that's been definitely yeah. I, I mean like Sojourner Truth took white men to to court, what was it, three times or four times? Right. And 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 won. Like what? That was never <laughs> yeah, exactly. talked about in, I mean that's yeah. huge. That totally should have been women taught. who are just like defying all odds yep. and just thriving it's yep. in, in, it's just it gives you a lot of um strength and it really like makes you want to do better you know yep it makes you like god i'm a loser <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll read the second one okay what is your favorite cocktail you've had while recording um there was one that i loved which one was it um Oh, you know, my favorite one was was the, the the one that I made with the oranges and the um, it was the non-alcoholic one. 
Oh yeah, but that <laughs> and that's so. But that was the best you tasting gonna, one. That was the best tasting. I need one. to make it with yeah, like vodka the or something. Yeah, when we were on our dry January for yeah. twelve days. <laughs> for twelve days. <laughs> um, I I that was my favorite tasting. Yeah, like it had the best flavor. I think so too. Um, this one's a close oh wait, second. what was the one you made me? Um, the butter rum. Oh, buttered hot rum. buttered rum. Oh, that was that so was good. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was around Christmas, so it was kind yeah. of like... Yeah, it was very festive. Yeah, that was really good. All right, I'll read this one. Okay. Oh, my God. I believe this one is from my sister. Oh, my God. <laughs> what goes up and down but cannot move? Hint, answer is not no. Lynn. <laughs> I can't move. She's joking me about my soccer skills. <laughs> go up and down the field. But what I don't go goes anywhere. up and down but, but cannot move? move. Um... Cannot move. I don't know. She would give us a joke. <laughs> What's the answer? I don't know. She didn't give it to Holy us. Holy shit, Rose. I would have left that one out. Answer is not lame. What goes up and down and cannot move? What goes up and down but cannot move? Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to Google it. Um, your voice? Your voice doesn't move, but it goes up and down. Is that you think? Stairs. Oh my God! Did she have Aaron send that or something? <laughs> no, that's her pappy joke. She took over pappy joke from my grandfather. Oh, uh, okay. All right, we'll save the rest of them for later. You don't want to read the next one? <laughs> no, well, go ahead. Go ahead, read the next one. You, you no, you need to one. read it. Okay. Um, somebody sent. Why is Rose so hot? Can I answer this? <laughs> um, even Who though she's. That? 20 I'm years younger just than me. blushing. Yeah. Even though she's 20 years younger than me, it's because she's going through menopause already. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't mean like that, Lynn. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they meant like hot <laughs> lashes. so sexy. Oh. I don't know. Must be one of your stalkers. <laughs> one of your internet stalkers. No, oh, that's funny. Okay. So we do want to talk about the new podcast we've been listening listening to, Sisters Take a Side. They their new episode this week was Jody Arias and it was really good. They did part one and they're gonna do part two next week. Yeah, so that'll be released by the time ours is released. What day do they release on? Thursday. They're the same day oh, as same. Us. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be released the same No. Oh, it, it'll it's be gonna be this Thursday. This so Thursday, by the time yeah. you all hear this, it'll be they'll have a new episode out. Yeah, it'll be a week behind. Yeah, right. But um, it's really good. You should go listen to it. And they have a great vibe between each other. They're sisters, so that helps. And they're I I like their back and forth banter and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty funny. They're pretty funny. It was yeah. They're they're pretty funny. And their the Jody Arias story is. Have you like heard? I've heard it, to it. Other podcasters. Yeah. I haven't listened to theirs yet this week because I'm. I tried to listen while I was at my second job and they won't let me. <laughs> people people uh, I wait tables and people start giving me their order. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on, there's a good part of my podcast. Oh yeah, I probably shouldn't be listening to that here. <laughs> no, but they they covered it really well, and it's it's that that story is a trip. It's, she, she is Looney Tunes. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy story. Yes. So go listen to Sisters Take a Side, and um, you can follow them on IG at Sisters Take a Side underscore podcast. And go, you know, like their stuff. Yeah, when you comment, them. say sent by Lynn and Rose or sent by No Ordinary Women Pod or yeah, we like you because Lynn and Rose told us to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who are you going to talk about today? You're going first. I'm going first. Well, Rose, I'm not going to tell you right away who I'm talking about, but I'm going to ask you a few questions. 
You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So I want to ask you a few questions. Okay. Uh, when you think about the Me Too movement, what do you think of? Um, women who have been sexually assaulted. Okay. Uh, who comes to mind? Like men, women, like a man or a woman or like you think of like, like a boss and a... Like any famous people come oh, to mind? Oh, famous person? Yeah. Um, no, not that I can think of. Okay. And around what year? 2015. Okay. So in 2017 oh. <laughs> is when most people remember the Me Too movement okay. starting. Okay. And it was like big hitters like Ashley Judd, Alyssa Milano, the U.S. women's gymnastic team because the Dr. Nasser was... Oh, right. Them. Yeah. Yeah. This all happened in 2017. Kevin Spacey, Matt oh, Lauer, Mario. Matt, Bata- wait. Matt Lauer. Oh, my God. I thought you meant Matt LeBlanc. Uh, <laughs> Joey. That was like, not no, what? <laughs> we would have had to have a funeral. Oh, my God. I seriously was about to cry. No, okay. Matt Lauer, uh, Mario Vitali, and yeah. Harvey Weinstein. I just Weinstein. listened to a podcast on him. Gross. Oh, God. He's disgusting. Yeah, um, and his his restaurants in New York were amazing. We used to always go to his restaurant when I used to go visit my sister. Really? And it's closed now. Yeah. But there's well, so many more. In 2017, like, the list goes on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, right. And this is just famous people. Yeah. Okay. Um, Didn't it start with Harvey Weinstein? It was right around that time. Okay. The, well, it was like... At, like um, it, it was like uh, um, Harvey Weinstein... Oh, what was her name? Uma Thurman came out and said something about Me Too. Okay. Um, and then, and then Ashley Judd, and then the Me Too movement, like the march, the women's march in right, DC, yeah. and all that stuff. Okay. And then um, Kavanaugh it was around that same time. All okay. that stuff. So Me Too was actually started by Tarana Burke in 2006. Oh wow! As a means for female Black victims of sexual violence to share their experience with others, forming an alliance of strong survivors. Oh, wow. I didn't know 2006. that. 2006. Why don't we know this? Because she's Black and nobody cares. Yeah, nobody it listens. It fucking right. pisses me off. It makes it, me psycho. It had to be a white woman to say it. Yeah, exactly, which is so stupid. Right. So when Tarana was seven years old, she was playing outside with some friends in the Bronx. You know where that is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when an older boy took her by the hand and brought her into an abandoned building, it was getting dark outside, oh, and she no. was afraid that he was taking her too far from her home, but she felt like she had to go with him. You know, when you're seven, you just kind of yeah. follow along. You just, like, conform. He ordered her to lay down on the cold floor, and then he raped her. Afterward, he walked her to her apartment building where her mother and stepfather were waiting inside for her to get home. Oh, God. She looked upset when she arrived home. When her mother asked her what was wrong, she said, a boy messed with me. Well done. Now, her stepfather, she had a good relationship with her stepfather, and his face started, like, transforming, and he looked really angry. And he said, who was it? And he yelled at her, and she felt like she couldn't tell him. Yeah. Because she was scared he would get in trouble. Right. Um, Because, like, her mom had told her, like, he has a temper, and we need him around, so don't go telling him stuff that's going to get, you know, make him do something wrong. Again, putting it on the kid. Right. Um, She knew what had happened was bad and felt like it was her fault for some reason. Um, After all, her parents had told her, never go out after dark, never hang out at what will— Never hang out with older boys or never let anyone touch her private parts. Yeah. And she had broken all these rules. She knew what had happened to her. She, I'm sorry. 
She knew what happened when her stepfather got angry. He was a prominent figure in the community and was not afraid to call people out for wrongdoings. She remembers seeing him and a few friends beat up a man who had stolen just to teach him a lesson. She was afraid her stepfather would kill the boy who had raped her. She adored her stepfather and didn't want him to go to jail. So at the very young age of seven, she decided to keep the information to herself. And so her website, um, we'll talk about it at the end of the podcast, Mm -hmm. but she offers so many resources for this and how to talk to your children about it so they're not victims as well, which is really cool. And some of the things she said, um, one of the things she said is that you tell your children that There's nothing you can say to me that will ever make me not love you. There's nothing you can do or say that will not make me love you. Right. I will always love you no matter what you say or do. Yeah, right. And so, you know, the kids think, you know, they did something wrong. So it's it's nuts. Like it's from this point on, she felt like she was living a lie. She didn't feel like she was the good girl they had thought she was. She felt like she was bad, dirty, and unworthy. Ugh. She found comfort in her Catholic school and religion. The never-ending rules gave her a sense of control, control and structure, which when I, when I read that, I was like, God, that's so true. You know, like that insane structure and yeah, the very right. regimen, like it didn't give her a chance to stray, you know, like to do anything. Right, yeah. She knew that she was going to be a good girl, like, right, yeah. quote unquote, a yeah. good girl. Her grandfather noticed her increasing interest in the Catholic Church and became concerned. He was raised Catholic as well, but after being being abused in a Catholic boy's home, he completely left the church. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. I mean, come on. I just, I can't. With the, I know, it's too I, much. I can't. Unfortunately, my story covers this also. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I just, like, I don't. It's not funny. It's just depressing. No, like, it's horrible. Like, it's happened to, what, like, 90% of the women we've talked about? Yes. And it's so tragic. And this, like, the fact that another another cat, another boy in a Catholic yeah, situation, right. it just is, and how the church is hitting this, too. That's, like, a whole, that's a, that's a whole nother show. That's a but, whole nother podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, So he was very concerned about the Catholic Church and how it treated black people. He took her to the Liberation Bookstore in Harlem and bought her two books about the history of the church and how it had treated black people in America. She read the books and went on a deep dive, questioning the role of Catholics in the slave trade and asking critical questions about why the church didn't try to help enslaved Africans. Wow. How old was she at this point? Um, It's when she was still fairly young. It was before high school. Oh, wow. When it was time for high school, (laughs) next question, (laughs) Um, she begged her mother to let her go to the public school. At her new school, she didn't feel it fit in at all. She just felt really awkward and out of place. All the kids were wearing the latest fashions and jewelry, and she wore very modest clothing, making her stand out. That's really hard, yeah. Well, because she, first of all, she went to a Catholic school. Secondly, she was in the Bronx, which is like, I don't want to, it can be pretty rough. Yeah, right. right? right, And so... Um, so she was, you know, all the girls were wearing like real trendy stuff and she was wearing like longer skirts and she looked like she was like, you know, a Christian girl, right. which did not fit in in the Bronx at all, <laughs> yeah. at all. So her mother always taught her to stand up to bullies. So she decided to sh- she would do exactly that. She punched the ringleader of the group of girls teasing her right in the face. Oh, good for her. For the first time in her life, she felt powerful. <laughs> Then she's like, oh. At this point, she was like, hell yeah, I like this. So she started to get into fights regularly and was, of course, suspended from those fights. Oh, my gosh. She was just, like, beating up people left and right. And it was, like, all that built-up anger. I bet. It probably felt so good. Yeah, like, hiding. It's wrong, but it probably felt so good. 
So later in her life, one of those fights made her think about her actions. She found out that another girl had slept with her boyfriend. And a bunch of her friends were like, oh, so-and-so slept with your boyfriend. And they were like egging her on. And they were at a party. And so she went up to the girl and she like just started screaming at her and beat the shit out of her. (laughs) Like beat her like bloody. Like her braces, like the wire in her braces stuck through her lip. And the girl was like beat her bloody and um and years later she started having a horrible thought what if the sex between that girl and her boyfriend wasn't consensual what if he had forced himself on her and then that girl might have what if she was raped and then shamed by all the people that she thought were her friends and she just felt horrible you know she like was acting out of this like reaction of anger right and so but this like yeah, later she's on she's had all this trauma and then the rage right right and it's all stuffed down inside her yeah and everyone was egging her on because right. they knew that she'd yeah. fight anybody and yeah. they were like oh you slept with your girlfriend mm-hmm. i remember those days like, yeah oh my god i remember it so well and why do we do that why do we egg each other on like like know. it's fun you know i don't know i'll stop doing that to you i'm sorry i know it's always up. making me beat people up <laughs> <laughs> Her first year of high school was hostile, but she loved her honors classes. She was very smart and had a great relationship with her teachers. Her favorite subject was English. So when she was growing up, her mother had a lot of books from black authors and encouraged Tarana to read often. There was one book her mother would not allow her to read until she was older, and that was I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. Angelou. Yeah. Um, I still haven't read that one. Yeah, that's, I mean, remember I talked about (laughs) that in history. It's like, it's kind of graphic. It's not kind of, it's very graphic. However, one day while she was at home alone around the age of 12, she started reading the forbidden book. The book was explicit and she understood why her mother didn't want her to read it. Instead of the book upsetting her, she found comfort knowing that this was, that she wasn't alone in her assault. She saw that Maya was innocent when she was assaulted and that then she started to wonder why Wait, was she, was she innocent also? Like, maybe she didn't yeah. do anything to promote the assault. And her mom... Oh, that's so... Her mom didn't want her to read the book. Right, her mom just, didn't want her to read the book because she was like, oh, you, you know, you don't know enough about that. You won't understand it. Right. But little, she didn't know that she does understand it. Yeah. More than yeah. she... Ugh. Yeah. That's so... When she was in high school, she stumbled upon Maya Angelou again. Her teacher showed the class a recording of Maya reciting the poem, poem, Phenomenal Woman. She watched in awe at Maya speak. She was so strong, so assertive. She was in awe that someone who was assaulted like her at a young age had such an amazing confidence. Oh, wow. So it's interesting. Um, when she read that poem, she had a white teacher at the time, her English teacher. Yeah. And he told her that the poem was about white people. <laughs> and it totally is not about. Oh my god! And it's just like, and she was in an interview. She was like, I just rolled my eyes and didn't say anything. Yeah, kind of, I was like, oh my god. So since her since her assault, she had tried hard to be strong and act like she wasn't damaged inside. After seeing Maya, Tarana knew she had to find her own inner voice. After her first year of high school, her mother moved her to a different school using her grandmother's address. So she was going to a, a school like with higher, you know, a predominantly white school. This allowed Tarana to hit the reset button. She found a new group of friends and joined the track team. She became more and more outspoken about racial racial injustices and she saw all around her. Due to her passion, passion she was invited to attend a youth leadership camp in D.C., 
At the camp, she was taught how to organize in a community and develop political strategies. The positivity and love at the camp were endless. The kids were pumped up and taught to affirm that they were powerful. She found a place. Activism was her way to direct her anger she felt since she was seven years old. Tarana was able to find her voice when she attended the University of Alabama. So in 1991, Rodney King was beaten to death by policemen in Los Angeles, and the police involved were acquitted. God, I, thought, I can't believe that was 1991. I know, my God. I thought this was like in the 50s, but... No, this was, yeah. Jeez. During the same time, and tell me if you remember this, a 15-year-old girl named Latasha Harlins was shot and killed by a woman who owned a convenience store in L.A. because she, was, she suspected Latasha of shoplifting. I don't remember that, but I was like six, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't remember it at all. But, I mean, we all hear about Rodney King still. Right, But yeah. nobody talks about oh, Latasha yeah, no, Harlins, right. right? Sadly, that woman didn't serve any time in prison either. Oh, my gosh. Tarana was disgusted and angry about these two incidents. None of her friends or other students seemed to care. She decided it was time to use her voice. She started to post flyers about protesting what happened in Los Angeles. She had people gather to discuss these tragic events. When she walked up to the mic, walked up to the microphone, she was terrified. She was like, I can organize, but I'm not a speaker. She right. was terrified. And as soon as she started talking, the people roared with excitement. This gives me goosebumps um, about what she had to say. She spoke about the tragedy of Rodney King and how this had to stop how black people had to stop being treated this way. And then she said, why are we not hearing Letitia Harlan's name? We need to say her name. She was like, and the, the crowd went wild. Yeah. Like total full body chills. Um, Tarana took a job working in the Selma community for several years. She ran an art and cultural center working at the mu- working in the museum and running a summer camp. She was enjoying being important, important role. She was enjoying being an important un- <laughs> Why can't I say that? She was enjoying being an important role model to disadvantaged youth in the camp. Not too much later, she found out she was pregnant. She was terrified she would have a girl. She didn't think she would have the ability to protect a daughter. Oh from my the God, similar, that was me. Yeah, That's similar so to the abuse. She, this is why I was like when you said that. I was like, mm. that's why I didn't want girls either. Yeah, uh, she was. Terrified she would not be able to protect a daughter from the similar abuse she had, she had experienced. Well, her baby was a female. She didn't want her child to ever feel shame like she did from her mother. Her father, the, I'm sorry, the father of the baby was a boyfriend who she had had a, a hot and cold relationship with. He was jealous of her success in Selma because she was like just like everybody was, you know, she was Everyone just all about her. all these like yeah. running these programs and like doing all these like protests. And she like she was big. Um, she was learning so much about her own voice. He was determined to have the power over her, so one night he overpowered her and raped her while she cried. Oh, my gosh. She knew she had had enough. She was going to raise her child alone and didn't want them to be raised in an abusive home. She learned to be very open with her child, unlike her mother was with her. She felt very fortunate to have a community of people around her to tell, to help take care of Kaya. I don't know why I paused so long. I had to take <laughs> like a dramatic breath before I said that. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, when Kaya was seven years old, they approached Tarana in tears. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> they said a man had messed with them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Same exact age. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, Ugh. I didn't cry when I was writing this. <laughs> now I'm going to cry. <laughs> 
I mean, can you imagine the guilt she had to feel? Oh, Ugh. God. So while organizing an event, a man who was a relative of a prominent racial justice activist and known leader in the black empowerment move, movement started to cause trouble. So Tarana asked him to leave. He came back without her knowledge and assaulted her daughter. Oh, my God. Tarana was fueled with anger. She confronted the man in front of everybody and punched him in the face. <gasps> I was like, yes, I love her. Yes. I mean, oh, my gosh. I that... hope her daughter wasn't there, though, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was the same day. It was. Oh. I don't know. I mean, that would have to be upset for the, her daughter. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't know if I wouldn't have done the same thing, to be honest. I mean, it is hard not to, but that's the reason kids don't. That's yeah. the whole reason kids don't want to tell is because of that. And that's why yeah. she... Exactly yeah, she why get, she didn't tell her parents. Yeah, she didn't get in trouble, though. Yeah. She screamed at him and caused a scene, making it obvious to everyone what he had done. She wanted everyone to know. A few weeks later... I mean, she, I'd totally do that, like, if my kid wasn't there. Yeah. And I yeah, would. I, mean, I assume that her kid wasn't yeah, there. Like, I mean, she, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't really say, but I assume, yeah. But um, a few weeks later, she found him outside of her workplace. He had been sent by that distant relative to complete some work she needed done. And he went? And he was there to do some work at the... You know, at the, the fuck? organization she was working for. Did she kill him? Oh, my God, did she murder him? <laughs> she was unraveling, at the time, unraveling rumors that had turned out to be true about the leaders of the youth leadership movement. And they were not dealing with sexual assault allegations. <clears throat> they continued to let men back into the leadership camps that were rumored to have raped young girls. I, mean, I believe this, it. It's like everybody just sweep it under the rug. Yeah. Sweep it under the rug. That's what they do. Tarana's breaking point was when the organization invited Reverend James Luther uh, Bevel and his followers into their community. Bevel had an incredible activist credentials, and Dr. he was also Dr. King's right-hand man, but he was also a pedophile who had sexually abused four of his daughters and was alleged to have molested other children over the course of his career. Oh it God. was revealed that the organizational leaders— had known about his history, yet still gave him access to the vulnerable ch- vulnerable children, including Kaya. Why do they do that? It's like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I, I don't know. Like, do they feel like their community has enough? Um, like, these people were feeling like our community has enough issues. We don't need to make light of these. But, I mean, it's not just it's the them. Kids. Like, it's pre- like, the it's whole everyone. Thing is, it, the whole thing is to empower children, and you're bringing right. people in there that are taking their power away. Right. Oh, my God. It's so disgusting. It was time for her to leave this organization. She was pained that these people she loved and trusted had betrayed her. She wanted to continue doing the same type of work because this was now her passion. She created a leadership program, especially for young women, which she called Just Be Incorporated. This program was teaching young girls their own self-value and how to find self-confidence. Later, Tarana moved to Philly and developed a program which included a workshop for survivors of sexual abuse. She started to tour the country and delivered workshops. Her bookings were endless. Her approach was that a survivor's healing happens in community with other survivors. That idea was the foundation for the Me Too movement Burke created. And the way Me Too spread around the world to empower millions of survivors is evidence of how powerful the concept is. While Me Too may have entered everyday discourse, the work of fighting sexual abuse is far from over, especially for black and brown women. It's a cause that Burke works for every day in her life, supporting survivors and working to hold abusers accountable. She has dedicated her life to fighting the stigma around sexual abuse, 
The Me Too movement she founded aims to empower survivors of sexual abuse to heal by sharing experiences and extending empathy to each other. The viral hashtag by the same name has created a powerful global movement of millions of people. She has two New York Times bestseller books, You Are Your Best Thing and Unbound. Unbound's the one that came out, I think, in 2001 that is just, like, insane. It's Is that the one you read? That I No, I haven't read the book. Oh. I, I um, haven't read the book yet, but um, a lot of the quotes are from the oh, direct okay, yeah. book. Um, but she... She talks about um, she this like she tells this like basic whole story about her life and everything. And it's just mind blowing. And somebody said to her, who was I listening to an interview with her and Glennon Doyle? Glennon Doyle. Yeah, right. Glennon Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle. Doyle. Yeah, I, I went to say it and I feel like I didn't say it right. And she was saying, you, Tarana, are the next Maya Angelou. And she burst into tears. Oh, really? <laughs> she was like, no. It was just really intense. Aww. But um, That's yeah. a good podcast. So I went through the Me Too movement timeline, and I was shocked. Like, and it's, and, and luckily, not luckily, but deservingly, it starts with her in 2006. Yeah. The timeline does. But one thing I want to say, I, wanna, I just want to do a little shout out here, because it's a shout out for shit. And this is the kind of thing that this country does not need. And this is the kind of thing that people need to – and, you know, people are not into the cancel culture. Well, she needs to be canceled because on March 3rd, 2019, Roseanne Barr talked talked about the Me Too movement on the Candace Owens podcast. The Candace Owens show, Barr is quoted as saying, if you don't run out of the room and go, excuse me, you don't do that to me and leave – but you stayed around because you're like, well, I thought maybe I was going to get I was going to you were going to give me a writing job. Well, you aren't nothing but a hoe. Oh, my God. She's trash. That is complete trash. Yeah, she and is trash. I had a friend say something like this one time to me. It wasn't it was not nearly as aggressive. She said, I just don't understand why women don't just leave. Why don't they just go, this is not happening, whatever. And That's someone who's never been abused. I mean, right. they can't. Well, she said that she had had a point in her life where somebody had like me, and she said, you're absolutely not doing this. You're taking me home, blah, blah. Right, and she like yeah. stood her ground. Good, great for her. And right. great that he listened, that yeah. she intimidated him. Most people aren't intimidated by that. And I said, there's plenty of very, very, very strong people who have been assaulted. And... And it's just a matter of the situation. So you can't and, – and this is one thing I've, I've had a lot, of, a, a lot of conversations about with people is that I feel like, yes, of course, there's women who claim that they've been assaulted and haven't. But there's men – There's very few. There's very few. But there's also men that have claimed to not have assaulted women and have, which is – that a number is much higher. <laughs> yeah. In my – because of my past and because I've been assaulted – I feel like you have to err on the side of the woman. You have to say, or the person, um, I shouldn't even say the woman, the person that claims they were assaulted. Right, yeah. You have to side with them. And because so many women are treated like they, like she, Tarana wanted to tell, she did tell her mother. And they swept it all under the rug because she didn't want her, her stepdad to go to jail. Right. And her mom didn't bring it up again. Yeah. So why that's wouldn't crazy. like because they don't they want it to just all go away. Right. And it they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. And yep. and we have to like stand our ground. 
people have to stand their ground. And I, it was amazing the amount of people like in, in this Me Too movement timeline. I was just like, wow. I mean, I'd seen so many. But, you know, and it's just something that everybody has to take seriously and work together to change. And so many, so many women have been sexually assaulted. I think like most of the people I know have at one point uh, exactly. in their lives. And I also, when you talk about the Me Too movement, the second one, the you know, the the phase two yeah. uh, in 2017, I don't know one single woman that could say they have n- never experienced sexual assault, sexual harassment, um, oh, yeah. gender bias, right. anything like that. Oh, I mean, no, not one. Nope. N- not one. I mean, I experienced it. M- multiple times. I mean, over I my still life. experience that at work. With there are like a couple of coworkers who are just they make me uncomfortable, and they're a little. I don't know. There's something about them. You know what I mean? Well, as a woman, you should never, ever, ever deny. And I don't know about a man because I've never been a man. Um, newsflash: um, the, you should never deny that feeling. And my godmother taught me this: the back when the hair in the back of your neck goes up. There's a reason for that. You yeah, should right. never deny that. Yeah. And so if you feel like you're all of a sudden in a situation that makes you kind of go, oh, wait, I'm getting the lull. Like, yeah. hair's in the back yeah. of my neck. You need to get out of I it. I know. And and if somebody makes you feel that way, then they're being inappropriate. And if right. they don't think they're being inappropriate, then that's fine. Just stay away from them. But if they do make – we, I think, too, as women, we need to stand up to people like this and say, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, right. I know. And I'm not easy. good at doing that. No, it's not Because I don't want the confrontation. No, but you, I mean, you also can just avoid that person yeah. too. But I mean, it's, but you shouldn't Especially have to. Especially at work where you have to see them every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you shouldn't have to. And yeah. that's what's so fucking frustrating is you shouldn't oh, have no, to. Oh, no. I mean, we totally should not have to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a job where I haven't been sexually harassed. Oh, my God. Ever. Absolutely. Well, in the restaurant business, it's, I, I don't want to say it's part of it, but. It's oh yeah, I'm sure it happens. It's very different in the restaurant business, but I, I it's funny because I um when I first started working my second job, there was a young server and she was standing at the end of the bar and this guest came over and he had his arm around her and he was like rubbing her back and I could see her get real stiff. Yeah. And I walked up and I was like, "Hey, come with me." And I took her back in the kitchen and she was like, "What's up?" And I was like, "You did not look comfortable." She goes, "Why does he always have to touch me like that?" And I'm like, "He doesn't." He does not. And you can just walk away and be like, no, thank you. Oh, got to go. Yeah, right. You do not need to. And or I was like, do not touch me. Yeah. And but I, it I is easier said than done. I got mad at myself for not saying something to him. Yeah, not right. Being like, dude, yeah. what the fuck? Keep your hands to yourself. Because that's very common in the restaurant business. Yeah. And it wasn't a coworker. It was a guest. So it's even worse. But you can't let people get away with that. I know. and it, But it's hard because as women, we've been taught to like, oh, smile and, and be nice and make sure you keep everything nice and you know, well, that's make that's, everyone happy. One of the things she talked about in her interview was in a few of her interviews were um, so, she, you know, like I think it was Oprah that said this, you know, sit, cross your legs, do, you know, always cross your legs. Yeah. Keep your, you know, keep your legs closed. Don't let anybody see up your skirt. Don't wear clothes that are revealing. Yeah. Make sure. The, and and um, like with Glennon Doyle, she was saying her daughter was getting ready to leave to go to school or whatever. And she came downstairs. She was going somewhere and she was like, um, I don't know about that outfit or something like that. And, yeah. she, and her daughter was like, went back upstairs and she came back down and she said to her mom, she goes, I feel safe and I feel comfortable in what I'm wearing. And so then Glenna Doyle was like, shit, <laughs> what am yeah. I going to say now? But at least she's taught her daughter to say that. She has, but, but she knows she knows what she's going to face when she walks out the door, yeah. which is, 
shouldn't be her problem. Right. Exactly. It should be the guy's yeah. problem and not right. her problem. But it is her problem because that's, that's the same with so dress codes. That's up. like don't you know that's you're not ex- supposed to let your daughter wear a skirt three inches above her knees or whatever. Yeah. Because it distracts the boys. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing they said. Um, um, she had gone to Toronto. Had gone to jail with her uncle or her grandfather to visit somebody in their family who was in jail, and they got there, and she had on a tank top, and they wouldn't let her in because she was a distraction to the prisoners. Now that I can understand. <laughs> I well, but I mean, it's, in it's prison, still, but it's but, still. but I totally get what you're saying. Like no, it's, it's it's not her problem; it's, it's their, their problem. problem, right? But it's all always on the girl. Like yeah. you're you're being provocative. You're dressing like a whore. I mean, it's just so bad. Yeah. So Tarana talks about Tarana talks about Kaya and how Kaya is a amazing individual. So Kaya is non-binary, um, pansexual, and then maybe a couple other accolades I'm leaving out. Um, but she's very, very proud of who's Kaya, who Kaya has become. Right. And she, um, Tarana was. She called herself, I was a dance mom because Kaya loved to do dance, like Mm -hmm. a tap and ballet and all that stuff. And one day they were somewhere. I can't remember where they were. And um, Kaya got on this pole. There was a pole and and they started dancing on it. Like, yeah, pole dancing. Right. And her and Tarana was like, oh, my. Oh, wow. (laughs) And she was watching Kaya, and she was like, um, you're really good at this. <laughs> and so, so because Kaya had um, a lot of dance background okay, and training, yeah, yeah. and they felt like they just were so natural at this. And they're amazing at it now. And it's just so funny. It's like she, you know, she was saying how she, she just struggled with, you know, some of the choices um, Kira, Kaya, Kaya made. Um, but she'll never stop being proud of them. Yeah. And I think she, that's, you know, every yeah. parent. like. And the thing she said is always just tell your child, no matter what, I'll always love you. There's nothing you can ever do. Or say that'll make me not love you. Yeah, and that's I think that's important to, for kids to hear. So, um, yeah. So that's the story of Tarana Burke. Wow, that was good. Isn't that crazy? Good for her. When I saw that, I was like, "That is nuts." Good for that her. For she started the Me Too movement. Yeah, right. And because she was a black woman, nobody. Yeah, and you never know. You just. But the Me Too movement, on the social like, media, right of 2017, definitely rolled her right in, and she like kind of gave her all the well. As far as as far as she says, she said she kind of said some things at the beginning. She was trying to be really polite. Like when it started tweeting and blowing up, all of her friends were like, oh, my God, girl, you got to get this. Well, you know, you got to take back. And she was like, and she said what she did was she just posted something that said, I'm so thankful. I don't remember it like this is not verbatim by any means. I'm so thankful that finally, after decades of us working on this um, cause, yeah, it's getting noticed and it's yeah. it's gaining momentum. And or part of it like was that. probably just the time, like yeah. 2006. No one was, you know, we, we weren't, weren't talking we weren't about there as much. yet, <laughs> right? Well, the so, whole Harvey Weinstein thing was yeah. like nuts, right? So when all that stuff blew up, I think it kind of it brought it brought it out. Mm-hmm. But that's amazing, you know, that she turned something like that into 
something so powerful. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. She's good for her. Pretty badass. She is a badass. Okay. You ready to take a break? All right. We're going to take some breaks, eat some dinner. Okay. Bye. Bye. We're back. Are we really? Oh. Hold on. I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready. I'm back. <laughs> Hi there. So <clears throat> before we get started, oh my God, this fucking curtain keeps going. Well, before we up. get started, I want to let you all know that Lynn destroyed the place while we were on break. <laughs> Literally destroyed the place. Like just tearing the place down. First she spilled beans and rice all over my mic stand. And all over the table. And then she sat down and pulled the curtain down on top of her. On my And head. I was laughing and got up to get it and spilled water all over the floor. <laughs> and then she just spilled coffee all over the table. <laughs> and I put this tablecloth down. And I was like, I'm just going to put this here for a couple of days until I can go buy one. Like Marshalls or something. And I was like, I really don't want to get it dirty because it's like one that was from my grandmother. And I was like... <laughs> And now it has rice, beans, and um, espresso martini all over it. So I'm just like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, and the, the curtain, I don't know if it's the sweatshirt. I don't know if it's like it static. It keeps sticking to my sweatshirt. It's oh really God, making so me. Funny. I feel like the sweatshirt's like sticky, though. Not sticky. Yeah, like staticky. Like, well, it gets I a lot of lint. Not staticky, but it gets a lot of lint. Oh, on yeah, it. I have some like that. I hate And those. it's, I think it's grabbing that. Look at it. Yeah. It keeps grabbing this curtain, and I'm getting ready to rumble with the curtain. <laughs> I was laughing so hard I couldn't even. Get I know, sitting smoker. there with the curtain literally over my head while I was holding a tray of rice and beans, <laughs> and Rose had to come get the rice and beans out of my hand so I didn't spill it again. Oh, there's a puddle of water on the floor. Oh my god! We're gonna clean it up with the tablecloth when we're done because why not? <laughs> I mean, at this point, right? Oh, oh my, god. my god! So I want to give you the name of the website that Tarana Burke um, started. The company is um, the website is Just B. Inc. So J U S T B E I N C dot Wix site W I X S I T E dot com, and you could there's tons of resources for um, like the Me Too movement and news and articles, and it's all about um, giving justice. Let's see, it says right here what their their motto is. Um, it says. Just Be Incorporated is focused on the health, well-being, and wholeness of brown girls everywhere. So she said in one of her interviews, there's a lot of resources on here on how to talk to kids and such. So, Oh, really? I should yeah. check that out. Yeah. You want to read some more? Um, no. Question? Oh, question. Sure. <laughs> no. No. All right. I'll read the next one. Okay. Do you take recommendations for women to highlight on your podcast? We absolutely do. We do. I we think do. your daughter sent us a bunch. Did you see that? So, when? Kate. Oh, Caitlin? Caitlin. I think uh-huh. it's Caitlin. Yeah. Um, Kate, Caitlin recommended that I, do, that I do Georgie White, and I loved her. Oh, yeah. Um, Chris recommended that I do Sojourner Truth, and that was that was the first one, wasn't it? I think it was, because we were just starting, maybe. Yeah, I think it was. It was one of the first, yeah, yeah at least. Um, and Andrew, Chris's partner, uh, reminded me of Henrietta Lacks, who, I mean, like, durr, I wrote, I, durr, durr. <laughs> what am I, 13, durr. <laughs> um, I read the, I said I wrote the book. I read the book of her, about her life last year, and I don't know why I didn't even think of it, but he reminded me to do that. So we absolutely do take recommendations. Um, John has sent me a couple to do. 
Um, I haven't done them yet because they, they're like long sto- stories, and sometimes I just don't have enough time to get through those stories. But um, And my mom's definitely given me a couple. Yeah, I've had a couple of friends recommend some to me. Mm-hmm. Um, or my one friend, sorry. Your one friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll read the next one. How much off-air time do you put into the podcast? A lot. <laughs> Way more than you would ever imagine. Yeah. Um, Rose puts in more hours because she does the editing, I'd say. Yeah. But you do the um, social media. I, so. I'm shitty at it. I'm not that great. I, I'm trying to learn how to do it more efficiently yeah. and do better stories and such. But I'm so overwhelmed with trying to learn it and the lack of time that I have that it's causing me anxiety so i'm trying trying to do a little bit so editing takes like it used to take me like five hours now it probably takes me two and a half to three and a half hours Mm -hmm. i would say if i'm I'm chewing ice but then i also yeah if lynn's (laughs) chewing ice and i'm clearing my throat every five seconds um and lynn no not lynn I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> and then she I She looked to... at me and she saw how beautiful I was and it stopped her right in her track. She was like, God damn, she's beautiful. She's a pretty girl. She's a pretty girl. She's a pretty. You got a pretty mouth. And then I have to do all this stuff for like our podcast hosting site and then our website and that takes a while. Mm-hmm. And then write the story. So it, I mean, it's a lot. And then the social media aspect and then we, talk, I mean, we talk about it. Constantly. Yeah, constantly. We're like coming up with things and it's a lot of work. So for me with the story, because I'm not a great writer and I my reading comprehension is not the greatest either. <laughs> never has been. Because <laughs> I see a squirrel go by and that's it. Um, but I work on my story pretty much every day that I'm not at both of my one or my other job. And it's very rare that I'm not working on my story. Like, I'll work on my story and I'll be reading something or listening. I love to find, like, podcasts about the people I'm doing so I can listen while I'm doing stuff. So, like, um, the other night I was listening to something while I was folding laundry. So, about about Tarana. Um, Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. And so, or I'll, like, have it up, like, an article pulled up and I'll be reading. So, it's it's... But how do you do that without like so when I watch something or listen to something I'm just I have to take notes cuz I'm not going to remember No it. because I have I Oh you do that. I listen to it and then I like all uh, so what I have done when I'm when I'm walking, right? And I'm listening to a podcast or something about the person, I'll do a note on my like in yeah, my notes. Yeah, that's nice. I'll be like, "Hey, you know who save a note." You know, and yeah, I'll, right. I'll leave a note about things I want to add to it. That's smart. Or I'll just like – and I'll have a Word document open and as I'm looking at um, stuff that I'm reading, I'll go to the Word document and just do like a little sentence or a couple words to remind me to add yeah. that. So. And I've gotten good at – I've got it down to like a science of how to, I do my story. So it takes me a lot less time than it used yeah. to. Not nearly as much time as it takes Lynn. Well, I used to do – I used to do it a little differently, but I'm doing more, like, reading and then just writing now. Yeah. And so – and or listening, I'm sorry, I should say, and writing. Yeah. So that's taking me longer. But this week I also switched, like, midweek. 
And it also depends on who we're doing. Right. So this week I switched like midweek because I started, I was doing a story on somebody and I really wanted to read her book before I did her story. Um, and so I switched to this person who I also got started and want to read her book. But I'm like, OK, girl, you got to get together. You don't have time to switch to pick with somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And I was. Yeah. So it's a lot of time. And it's that's something else we've asked podcasters is how much time does it take you? And and they've said a, a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're at least it's we don't feel like a lot we're... of time. I work on it at least five nights a week after the girls go to bed. So it, it's a few hours. And I try to give myself like two nights where I can like sit down and hang out with Chris, you know. Yeah. So my marriage doesn't go down the drain. Yeah, I love. I mean, I just sit down with Penelope, but um, I love just to <laughs> do nothing some nights. Like tonight yeah, right, when I get exactly. home, I'm just gonna sit in front of the boob tube. I know. Like, I need to clean the, the house. The nights but I'm we not record is my favorite because then I get home like right as right before the girls are going to bed. Yeah. And so I get still get to see them, but then. I get to relax after yeah. I go to bed, and I'm like, yes. Exactly, exactly. All right. All right, the last, the last one is, how did you guys meet? Well, there's this one time when I was in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn saw me across the room. I saw across the room. The The, the smoke parted. <laughs> I put my hand out. Rose put her hand out. <laughs> the music started. <laughs> Um, let's see. So you came to stay with Christina when Joseph was yeah. a baby because his dad was went to he was his deployed. biological father. Went his biological to, father went to was deployed. Was deployed, yeah, to Afghanistan. And so you came here and you stayed here was was it was long. It was like I stayed here for a year and then went back for a year and then came back here. Yeah. Okay. So you're here a year. Then you're I I feel like you were back. I didn't feel like you were gone for six months. I felt like you came back so fast. I felt like I was gone for a long time. <laughs> and then she it's came. A long year. Yeah. Then she came back, and she. I said, "What are you doing back here, girl?" No. So when Christy, so Joseph was a baby, and Chris, her, her sister and brother-in-law were playing soccer, and I was playing on the team, and she used to come to all the games. You weren't playing yet, then, were you? No, I didn't no. start playing until you came back. Yeah. Yeah. So a she lot, would come to all the games and help with the kids. Well, um, I didn't help with the kids. I had my own kid. Evan wasn't born yet. It was just it was just Joseph and. I don't think Aaron was born yet, because Aaron is. wasn't born until Joseph was three. So maybe I did. Maybe it was when Aaron Joseph was a was, baby. But I think I was already playing soccer by then. I don't know. But I anyway, don't know. anyway, we met the on games. the soccer field. Used to come to the games, and so we met on the soccer field. We met on the pitch. And then Lynn started talking about pantsing me when I started playing. And yeah, and then we've they, been in love ever since. Yeah, she was. She had to play when she came back. She couldn't play on our team because we had a full roster. Oh my god, I was so mad. So she played on another I had team. To play for. Um, oh my god, what is that? Crutchfield. Crutchfield. I did not like that team. I, there's a couple people on the team I really like, but there's a couple. There, yeah. There's uh, some crazies that are on the team, but I do love the a couple one guy on in the, the back. Oh, that's that's oh the one god, that what's his him. face got in a fight with, I think. But anyway. Um, Rose, I had to mark Rose, and I went up to her behind her, and I'm like, I'm going to pants you. And she was like, you better not. And then somebody stole the ball from her, and her team got so mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, Rose. They were like. I was laughing so hard. They were so too hard. serious. Yeah, I was laughing so hard. And Christina was cracking up. She was right there on the sideline. Oh, my God, it was perfect. It was wonderful. Yeah. I don't play soccer anymore. Cause... So then when she came back, we started hanging out more. And then we were both in college at the same time, so we talked a lot about oh, school. Yeah. And then we started hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting drunk together. Yeah. 
Those were the days. Those were the days. And here we are just working our ass off now. I was with I was I was on her first date to her husband now. Oh yeah, she was. I was. We went on our date at Bonefish and then we got boned. We got they did. We got a little drunk. <laughs> or I got a little drunk. <laughs> you got a little drunk. Chris was fine. Yeah, Chris was fine. And you came across the street to the bar where I was hanging out. Yeah. And, and we, I gave him my... We hung out with Lynn. Rose had her boobies all hanging out that night. And I was like... That shirt. I still have that shirt. That's so funny. I was like... Because I was used to just seeing you in like sweats and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And jeans and a t-shirt. And I was like, what is going on up here? <laughs> I didn't... I wasn't trying to have my boobs hanging She out. was. She it had was a push-up bra on and everything. Don't even lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, what's going on? And Chris was like, shh, don't say anything. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so that's how we met. And then we went to a hotel and... and then, not me I and mean, you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, me, Chris, and Lynn yeah, went to me, a hotel. Yeah, the three of us went to a hotel. No. <laughs> and now we're sister-wise. <laughs> that would be nice. You could watch my kids. Oh, uh, no. Actually, I'm going to talk to Chris about that. <laughs> I've been watching. I've, been, I've actually started watching Sister Wives again because it's 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 so bad. It's like a train wreck. You so have much to watch. drama. I loved it when it, I started watching it a long time ago. Yeah. And I stopped watching it for years. <laughs> and so recently... Some of the wives are on have TikTok. Oh, really? And they post stuff, and then there's people who post stuff about the show. Oh, and there's like a lot of drama. The last couple seasons, I see it. Like, um, some one of them was accused of abusing one of the kids or something. Oh, I didn't see that. I I just see like the headline, you know. Oh no, this um, one of them was catfished. Oh, really? Yes. And so I don't understand what ha- – it was a woman that catfished her. I don't know if she was pretending to be a man or pretending to be a woman who was a friend. I have yeah. no idea. But so now that is literally what got me started watching Really? <laughs> and I'm on like season like, I don't know, five. And there's like 15 seasons. So I'll be watching oh that for the God. next 10 years. I want to start watching like Survivor. I love those kinds of shows. Oh, but I've never watched them. You've never watched Survivor? No, never. Oh, girl. That is – that and Amazing Race are my two favorite shows really? on TV. Oh, I like Amazing Race too. Yeah. But we have so many shows to watch. It's just hard, you know? And yeah. then, I, like, half the time I can't even watch a show. So Chris is like, I'm just going to watch it without you. <laughs> we just watched um, Kaleidoscope. Have you watched that? I think I started watching it, but I couldn't get into it. Was it good? Um, it was pretty good. Chris was super into it. Um, I feel like I couldn't get into it. I don't, I don't, maybe I didn't. And we watched 1923. Do you watch that? My mom was talking about that. I yeah, haven't watched that's that. That's really good. We watched that last night. That's a really good show. You should watch it. I'm, I, I keep forgetting that I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale. I still haven't finished the last season. I don't know that I have. I've been watching Firefly Lane for, like, ever. Uh, yeah, but that's – isn't that, like – That's in the, the second season. season. Yeah, I finished that. I finished that, like, I know, within but I, three I've days of it coming it. out. I know. Everybody <laughs> has, and nobody can talk about it around me because oh. I'm like, I have. I still haven't finished it. Oh, it's good. Season but two is really good. But I don't have a lot of time – like, I don't have a lot of time to watch shows with Chris, but I certainly don't have any time to watch shows alone. So so a lot of times when, I, when I'm working on my story, I do better with a little bit of background noise. Yeah, so sometimes it depends on what I'm doing. If yeah. I'm editing, I'll um, watch a show because I don't want to hear us anyway. Yeah. So I just listen for Lynn chewing ice and cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I watch, I watch, um, I started Friends from episode one. Oh my God. And I've been watching that while I'm. While I'm um, writing my story, because then sometimes I'll like definitely s- do that. stop and yeah, because yeah. I mean, and I'll be like, God, I, I really don't remember. Like, how is there an episode that I don't remember at this point? Every time I'm home, working from home, because Friends comes on, it's like, um, what is that show called? 
with the two girls, and they're trying to raise money for cookies. Two broke girls. Two broke, yeah. I love that show. <laughs> that one's funny. really so funny. I watch a couple episodes of that, and then Friends comes on. And I'm not, I'm working, so I'm not yeah. really watching it. But, um, but it still cracks me up. Like, oh I my still God. love it. Oh, my God. I laugh so hard. Even though so I can, like, hard. tell you word for word. <laughs> like, what they're going to say. Yeah. You know what they're going to say, but it still makes yeah. you laugh. That, I mean, that show is just so funny. So when I was on maternity leave with Lily, um, it was summertime, and Joseph was home. And Charlotte was still in daycare, so she was still going to school. But Joseph and I would watch, like, all, like, Friends the whole day. It, it was like a, um, you know, when they have, like, every episode on oh, like, all day. Yeah, like yeah. a marathon. And so we watched almost all of them together. It was so sweet. <laughs> like, for me, I'm sure yeah. he was like, I don't even remember that. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. So this, this will show everybody the time difference of our ages, the age difference between us. I, when Chris was a baby... I would stay up until like 12 and feed him his last feeding, and then he would sleep like five hours. So instead of him sleeping from like 10 to, you know, yeah. three in the morning, whatever, I'd just wait till 12, and then he'd sleep till like five or whatever, which was like a little bit better for me. God, I'm getting like 15 emails from Kroger all of a sudden. <laughs> oh. So what I started watching was after the 11 o'clock news because we didn't have cable or anything. Yeah. So la- after the 11 o'clock news, um, Knott's Landing or Dallas started coming on. So like you watch 11 o'clock news and then maybe Johnny Carson. I don't know. No, it's just I forget what channel oh it was. God, but right after the 11 o'clock news. White? No, it wasn't black and white. <laughs> that was when I was really young. Um, but Dallas would come on. It was reruns. So I started watching that. And then after that, Knott's Landing would come on. So then I'd stay up even later and watch Knott's Landing. Oh, my God. And then and there, was another, there was another show that was a takeoff of that that started coming on. And I started watching. I was watching. I was up for three hours. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. <laughs> That's so funny because yeah. it's probably the only time you got alone. Yeah. It's quiet time. Yeah, I understand. All right. So anyway. You want to talk about anything else before I tell you about my lady? Mm, no, I think I'm good. Okay. Don't interrupt me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Um. So before I start, I wanted to say most of this comes from an article by Melissa Jeltsin for the HuffPost titled, Brescia Meadows Thought You'd Understand. Hmm. Um, and just because I take most of it, so I wanted to... Give her a little shout out. Melissa. On July 28, 2016. Oh, that's 20 days after Charlotte was born. Jonathan Meadows drank a vodka and soda and yelled at his son before passing out on the couch. 14-year-old Brescia was used to this behavior. Drinking, then fighting. Her dad was often physically violent and it would always get worse when he was drunk. Mm. His favorite target was her mother, Brandy. Most of the time, he'd keep the bedroom door closed when he hit her. But if he was drunk, he'd forget and leave it open, Brescia said. Some days, she'd come home from school to find her mother with a fresh black eye. That night, July 28th, Brandy went to sleep at 8 p.m. to escape her husband's wrath. At 10 p.m. <laughs> I'm having trouble speaking. <laughs> it's okay. Every time I go second, I, I can't talk. Probably because we've already talked for like an hour and a Yeah, half. yeah. So that night, Brandy went to sleep at 8 to escape her husband's wrath. At 10 p.m., her husband woke her up, but she went right back to bed. She woke up again at 3.20 a.m. when she heard a sound that seemed to rock the house. 
Brisha remembers grabbing her dad's gun from under his pillow as he laid passed out on the couch. She picked it up, then put it down, then picked it up and put it down. She knew she had to do something because things were only going to get worse. She kept picturing her mom in a casket and her brother and sister getting old enough to leave the house, and then she would be left alone with the monster, and there would be no protection. Oh, motherfucker. Thing just scrolled all the way down to the the bottom. (laughs) That's why I can't use my iPad. I keep fucking it up with my iPad. She walked up to her dad asleep on the couch and pulled the trigger, shooting him in the head and killing him instantly. The last thing she thought before she pulled the trigger was, it's never going to stop. It's only going to get worse. She stood there screaming until her mother ran in the room and called the police. When the police arrived to arrest her, she was soaking wet. After shooting her father, she had run upstairs and jumped in the shower with all of her clothes on. She felt like she was going into shock and thought the cold water would help. The police officer. God, I feel like that would have made it worse. Sorry. Oh, God. God, Rose, I thought I spilled my drink again. No, I thought I did. (laughs) You know that feeling you get? Like, now I was like. (laughs) I saw you panic. (laughs) I heard it splash. I was like, oh, my God, Lynn. I was like, it's going to go on my computer. It's going to go on me. Okay, I'm so sorry. I don't even remember what I asked you now. Never mind. I, fucking A. Oh, you would thought her jumping in the shower would have made it worse. I feel like that would make your shock worse, don't you think? Well, she probably, I'm sure she wasn't thinking. She said she didn't even remember doing it. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, fe- yeah. yeah. I just, I'm just like, I'll shut up. Sorry. Shut up. <laughs> I shut up my mouth up. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the police officers who responded, all men, allowed her to put on dry clothes before taking her down to the station, but insisted on remaining in the room as she undressed. When Brisha was little, her dad used to tuck her in at night, and Brisha always loved this special evening ritual. But at the age of eight, she started dreading bedtime because that's when he started molesting her. He told her to keep it a secret, and she did. But soon, she started begging her mother to leave him. In 2011, when she was nine, Brandy had a stroke and ended up in the hospital for a week. And this was the wake-up call she needed. She realized that this was no way for her to live and she needed to get away. So once she got out of the hospital, she filed a protective order and she took her kids. Brisha had an older brother and sister and she took all three of them and moved to Ohio with her mother. In the protective order, she detailed her husband's brutalities. In the 17 years of our marriage, he has cut me, broke my ribs, fingers, the blood vessels in my hand, my mouth, blackened my eyes. If he finds us, I am 100% Sure, he will kill me and the children. Mm. Can you imagine that fear? I mean, I, you know that fear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. Mm. While living with her mother, Brandy had told her sister all about the abuse. Her sister, Martina Latessa, was a Cleveland detective, and she knew firsthand about the complexities of domestic violence and, like, how hard it was for people to leave when they're being abused like that. This coffee is, like, sitting right here. Oh, drink some water. Unfortunately, a few months later, Brandy returned home to her husband, which isn't, you know, surprising. (sighs) I know. It happens way more than it should. Yeah. Once they were home, Brisha said things with her father got even worse. He felt that his children had betrayed him by leaving, and he was paranoid that they'd do it again. So she said, like, they weren't allowed to talk at all when he was around. He, when he'd walk into a room, they'd all have to be quiet or he'd get really, like, irritated and start yelling and hurting people. Mm. So when she was... Checking her watch? She was checking her watch. <laughs> so when Brisha was 12, 
Her dad raped her for the first time. Oh, God. She shared a room with her sister, and her father would time his visits for when she was alone. So I don't know if he ever did anything to the sister or if he just targeted her. Um, it doesn't say, but... At 13, Brisha could no longer take the abuse, and she ran away to Cleveland to seek help from her aunts. When Brisha got to her aunts, she was rubbing her hands together and shaking, and her aunt noticed how withdrawn she was. Brisha told her that her dad's violence was getting worse. He had strangled their mother and threatened to shoot all of them. Soon after she arrived in Cleveland, her parents reported her missing, and Latessa broke the news to Brisha that she would have to go home, Mm. and Brisha just completely broke down. On the car ride back, Brisha laid in the back seat completely comatose. She hadn't told her aunt about the sexual abuse, but her aunt thought that that might be what was going on mm-hmm. because she noticed some um, cut marks on her arms, and she knew that oftentimes in girls that was a sign of sexual abuse. Oh, like cutting, like self-harm. Yeah, self-harm. Oh, self-injury God. was common yeah. among female victims of molestation. Ugh. So Latessa took her to the police department to report the abuse with her, but they never did anything. And I don't know if it's because they were black or just because, you know, how domestic violence is. Oh, my God. I know at some point, and I don't know that I have this in here, but um, CPS, like, came to the house, but they questioned them, like, together instead of taking the children out and questioning them separately. Oh, Why God, they do this that? stresses me out so much. Right. It's like, what? what? So wait a minute. What year is this? Do we Have you said? And um, I just missed it. It wasn't very long ago. I don't know. It I was, was looking at it. 2016 was when just, she shot him. So she was, this was 20. But it's still, like, still. 11, 20. You it's know, still in the, you know, I just don't understand. I don't either. Why would you ever do that? I mean, it's not like it was back in the, the 40s where, like, social workers didn't have as much training and, like, right. sexual abuse wasn't yeah. as prevalent. Or it was prevalent. It just wasn't as – it wasn't spoken about, it, you know. you know. And I just don't understand. I don't under, – I, I don't know. Like, was it one of those things where she just slipped through the cracks and she just kept getting bad social workers, bad police? Bad, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just – it makes me – it makes my head hurt. It I really mean, does. she tried and tried and tried to do the right thing and – seek the right avenues to get out of this and she just wasn't nobody ever saved her and it happens so often it's so disgusting Mm. so three months before the shooting brisha and her family had moved into a bigger house and brisha had her own bedroom for the first time which for you you know for her that's like a nightmare because it just means he has complete access to her at any time so she would no, she no longer slept, and she just laid there awake waiting for him to come in the room. Ugh. She tried to kill herself, um, but her friend stopped her. She, like, tried to hang herself. Her mm. friend somehow found her and, and stopped her from doing it. She ran away again, but was again sent back to her house. The night that Brescia killed her father, she had run out of options. She tried to do the right thing. She tried to go to safe adult... adult blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's far away, Rose. (laughs) (laughs) She tried to do the right thing. She tried to go to safe adults for help, but they had failed her again and again. She felt that she had no other choice. And she literally had no other choice. She really didn't. It was at that point, it was either her or him. Right. No, exactly. And she had already been being abused for six years by him. Oh, my God. I mean, 
sexually abused. She'd been be- being physically abused since she was born, you know? It's... Hey, are yeah. you recording? I don't know, Len. <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay. I just thought about that. I'm, I was like, I don't remember her saying anything about hey. recording. You spill hey. anything lately? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. Go ahead. Not in the last minute or so. I'm sorry. I just, like, thought about it. I was like, man, I'm too tired to read this. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm like, sitting there going, rrr, rrr. Yeah. <laughs> so That happened to us once, and we've been, like, on it ever since. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. She didn't say Yeah, the okay, whole time you are recording, I'm watching the, oh, okay. the screen. <laughs> I just, like, had a moment of panic because I was like, I'd rather interrupt her than yeah. have to deal it with It is always this. good to check with yeah. me because I have to put in the background when I'm reading my story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I'm all paranoid. Sorry. So Brandy immediately contacted, after the shooting, Brandy immediately contacted a criminal defense attorney named Ian Friedman. He was, like, one of the best. Ian was like, there is no way I can take on another case. I'm completely full. There's just, I cannot do it. And Brandy's like, look, can you just go and visit her in jail and talk to her and then... Maybe give her some advice or... Make up your mind then. Yeah, well, there's that. And so on her first night in juvenile, juvenile detention, Ian went to talk to her. And he said, my first impression was that she was a little girl who didn't have anything, didn't come from anything and wasn't going to get a fair shake in the system. I was concerned that she would get flushed down the toilet. And he immediately took her case. That's amazing. Yeah. And he said, like, I guess he had a he daughter. He could not. He had a teenage daughter, too. Oh, and, yeah. And he's like, my daughter's white and she has it. If this was her, she would not even be sitting in jail right now. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly. It would be a completely somebody different somebody would have helped scenario. her from the beginning. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, good for him. And his partner said um, that he knew immediately, like, when he was going to go visit her, that he would be taking the case. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he was a softie. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially if you have kids yourself. You yeah, know, It's right. really hard. Yeah. I mean, you see, oh, God. And he sounds like he's just a good guy. Like, he actually cares, you know? Yeah. Not like most of these douchebags. <laughs> Stupider. 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 So a few days after the shooting, Brandy went on local... A local television, um, a local news. <laughs> Something locally. <laughs> a local news station and called Brisha Hero. She said that no matter what she did, she could never do anything right. And she was was never strong enough to get out. But Brisha had helped her. She said, I believe she was trying to help our whole family get out of the box that he had put us in. Mm-hmm. I believe that she saved all of us. And she did. But that should not be on a 14-year-old girl. You know, not blaming her mom, but blaming society. Yeah, no, absolutely. Blaming the system. Her aunt, Latessa, also spoke out about the abuse and told news outlets outlets about Brisha's attempts to run away. Brisha's cousin, Javon Meadows Harris, also spoke out about how he was physically and emotionally abused by Brisha's father when he had... Brisha's father when he had lived with them. Brisha, Brisha, Brisha. Um, but ser- several of her father's relatives. Rel- what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, I'm getting you can do this, Rose. So I, have, I have so much faith in you, Rose. <laughs> you can do this, girl. You got it. Take a sip of the drink. But se- several of her <laughs> 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 They were sitting around the hearth. Is that what you I'm said? I'm going to have to go first every story. <laughs> 
were getting a little tired and a little punchy. All right. Some of her father's relatives, including his sister, had accused Brescia of mercilessly killing a sleeping man who had not been abusive in years and insisted that he was a good dad. In years? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he stopped. Oh, yeah. So he, it's, yeah. he just stopped. Okay. He stopped okay. abusing them. Oh, well, then years it's, ago, then Lynn, okay. she should have gotten over it by now. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there is that. There is that. It was Fucking murder, asshole. she said, but I don't want my niece to get life in prison. I want her to get help. If it was that bad in that house, Brandy could have run away. Ah! My nephew has a car. My brother wasn't there for 24 hours a day. <laughs> she ran away a whole bunch of times. Right. And then I think it was his brother or some other family member said, oh, well, she obviously had problems. That's why she was running away. It Like she, she had behavioral problems. And oh, that's why she kept running away. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the fact that she was being raped every like, day. What the fuck is wrong with you? Obviously, that, that man came out of that family. In juvenile detention, Brisha suffered from flashbacks to the night of the shooting mm. and anxiety attacks. And she couldn't talk to anyone about it. What she needed was help with her mental health, but she wasn't even provided therapy. She got nothing in, in juvie, like no help at all. Juvenile detention is such a – I just – prison scary, but I think juvie I feel like is, in my mind, more scary. Yeah. I just – Because it's, it's a bunch of kids and they're not being like helped at all. They're I mean, not being counseled. Yeah, it's just like it's – Breeding prisoners. Ugh, I just don't understand it. She said that she felt there was nothing to live for. When she had shot her father, she didn't even think about the possibility of going to jail. And here she was, not knowing if she would ever leave. Like, she was 14, you know? She mm-hmm. didn't think. She was like, this, this is how I have to, what I have to do to get out. There's no way that people are going to send me to jail for killing somebody who's been abusing my whole family. Right. Right. While she was in juvie, she heard from a lot of people who were telling her how strong she was. And she said... When I think about it, I don't think I did it because I was strong. I did it because it was the last resort. Mm. Four months after Brescia was taken into custody. Did I say Brescia? I keep saying her name wrong. Brescia was taken into custody. Prosecutors announced that they would not try her as an adult, which meant that she could not receive a life sentence. The longest she could go to prison if convicted was until the age of 21. That was great news, but... She was 14, and her 21st birthday seemed so far away. Yeah. Oh, my God. It meant that she would spend the rest of her childhood behind bars, separated from her family. How about about we do this, Rose? How about she gets extensive medical and mental health uh, assistance or medical and mental counseling, right? Yeah. For the next... Five, ten years, right? And then the people, like the police and the social workers that just disregarded everything she said, they go to jail. Yeah. Until her 21st birthday. (laughs) What about that? How about that? Throw the sisters and the rest of the family in there, too. His sister, not... I like my my idea. I think that's what we should do. Well, I mean, they need trained... Like, what the... I don't know. And I don't know the specifics. I don't know if the system prevented them from doing anything but how do you send a little girl who's saying that my father is so abusive that i've run away yeah multiple times and you're gonna still tell her that she has to live there well and you're gonna interview and interview her in front of him right hello oh my god i know i can't wrap my head around these these cases like you know what it is rose it's bullshit they did the same thing in the bullshit um, 
Jen and Sarah Hart. Yeah. Oh, they were yeah. interviewing the kids in front of them. Like, what are you doing? Of course they're going to say that everything's great. You're yeah, interviewing them in front of their Because they know you're going to leave and they're going right. to get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. yeah. So eight months <sighs> after she was sent to juvenile detention, her lawyer was like, this is enough. She was, her mental health was like really, really bad. And they were not, she wasn't receiving any help. And she was on suicide watch because she was like, she just wanted to end it. I can't imagine why her mental health was bad in jail. In yeah, after being I mean, abused all her life and yeah, like fucking such raped a warm, by her fuzzy, father. It's a warm, fuzzy place, right? Ugh. So he immediately filed a motion urging them to release her and put her on electronic surveillance pending trial, arguing that the lack of mental health services inside Trumbull County Juvenile Detention Center was akin to cruel and unusual punishment. That was a good sentence, Rose. I'm proud of you. That was tough. Did I say it? Was, you did, did, it. I say it? <laughs> did I say it? You did a good job. Good job, Rose. Good job. Good I feel proud of you. <laughs> One month later, he got her a plea deal. On May 22nd, 2017, she pleaded true, which is equivalent to guilty in juvenile court, to an involuntary manslaughter charge. It was her 299th day behind bars. She was sentenced to a year and a day in juvenile detention with credit for time served, as well as six additional months at a residential mental health facility and two years of probation, which is... I agree with the mental health facility. Yeah, I don't think she should spend any more time in jail. <clears throat> she should have immediately gotten out of jail, and she doesn't need probation. <clears throat> Sorry. I just had to do that real quick. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry. All I, right. I was trying not to, so you don't have to edit it, but I, I That's couldn't. Okay. So I want to read you what the lawyer said about her case, because... It's just very interesting about why children shouldn't be tried as adults. So Ian Fre- Friedman said, the result ultimately... Oh, that you're going to cough. <laughs> no, I was going to The result ultimately reflected well on the juvenile justice system. But it was not an easy road getting there. It's extremely easy for a case with these facts to have a less equitable outcome. It was only after digging really deep into the root cause of the shooting that you really start to understand the significance of the case and the lessons to be taken from it. And he cites three key takeaways. The case facts for a child and an adult cannot be looked at similarly. (laughs) (laughs) How many syllables are in that word? Slibbles. Oh my god, let me the word. <laughs> Similarly. Similarly. <laughs> oh my god, Lynn, I'm done. I need to get out of here. I'm like burning up. All right. <clears throat> Go ahead. This is because a child's brain is not fully developed and responds to an interprets. oh my god interprets information differently than adults absolutely 100% not every child needs to be locked up many of them just need help such as the mental health services Brisha received following her plea deal children can be quite resilient if given the right support after Mm -hmm. the fact which is true Mm mm-hmm there's some really caring people in the juvenile justice system, but the system has flaws. Oftentimes, these cases are processed through the system, missing the critical component, the why. 
The answer to that question cannot come from just a superficial assessment, which is so true. You know, yeah, like no, you absolutely. Like you look at this and you're like, oh, this girl killed her father. Her father. She should be in jail. But look at the why. I mean, well, the why, and because she's been abused, right? And she well, if she's been even if she wasn't abused, she doesn't have the mental capacity to understand. And I'm not saying it. She shouldn't be punished. If she wasn't abused, I'm saying right, let's, just, yeah. let's let's take that off the table for a second. She doesn't have the mental capacity to understand the like you said the exact um, ramifications the yeah. repercussions of what is going to happen, and so that's because your brain's still developing. It's everything you yeah, just said. Exactly. So that alone is why kids shouldn't be tried as adults. But at the same time, you know she has this underlying thing where it's like if he was had a gun to her head. And was getting ready to kill her, and she shot him. It would have been fine. She wouldn't have served any time. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But he was slowly killing her. Yeah. Another way, and that's, but that's okay. Which is awful because most people who are being abused aren't going to be able to kill their abuser in the moment. It's going to be at a time when they're not Sus- yeah, suspecting they're... it or expecting it. Right. So it's so if. I think I'd rather somebody just kill me than rape me every day for or oh, yeah. once a week for, you know, 10 years and of my life. And not even that. It's your father. Like That's even just so more so I mean, much the more mental, like, oh, I, yeah, I could just, I can't. So in February 2018, Brescia returned home. Brescia? No, I can't even, I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> Brescia returned home to her family. In 2019, she graduated with... She graduated high school with a 4.0 GPA for the wow. year. Good for her. And she started going around the country talking to fellow victims and survivors. Oh, good for she her. had gotten, even when she was being abused, she was still like doing in all honors classes in school. She did really well in school. Well, so She's I wonder if it's kind of, I'm sorry, if it's kind of like um, my woman um, and the structure and the rules helped her. Helped her, yeah, maybe. Like having, you know, having And that probably structure. getting out of the house, probably. Yeah. Friedman remains close with Brescia and her family and still offers her advice and support. Brescia plans to go to college and study criminal justice. She might become a lawyer like Friedman or a detective like Latessa or a domestic violence advocate so she can support families like her own. And that is Brescia Meadows' amazing story of survival. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean... So how is she... How old is she now? She's... So in... She graduated in 2019. From high school? Yeah. So she that would have made her like 17, 18? Yeah, she was probably 18 because she lost a little time when she was in juvie. So, so she's probably early 20s. Yeah. Wow. I did find like her Instagram. Did you? Yeah. Where does she live? I don't know. I think she probably still lives in Ohio. Mm. But yeah, I mean... I don't know what she's doing now. Um, I couldn't really find what she was doing now. But the fact that she just survived that and, you know, it's just like I hope she's getting still getting mental health services, you know. Yeah. I mean, you need therapy for life. Absolutely. And his family should fucking pay for it. No shit. I mean, her aunt and uncle saying like that it was her fault and she had problems. And, oh, no, my brother, like. If I found that my brother was doing something like that, Absol- I would, 
I would kill him myself. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. It's just, I don't know. I mean, again, kind of like what I said, you have to believe the women. You have to. Right. Or the girls yeah. in this matter, which is even worse. You have to believe them. Because I feel like, I mean, how the odds of a woman falsely accusing somebody are so slim because who wants that negative attention? Like right. your life is going to be upside down and destroyed. And yeah. Why would you ever say that? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think, I mean, I, I don't know the percentage, but I bet it's like a really, really small percent of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many, yeah, it's, it's probably the, the quoted percentage, like the documented is probably a lot higher than it really is right. because Cause they don't believe people they don't believe people yeah. and then you know they go into court and the the prosecutor or whomever or the, the defense attorney i'm sorry makes them out to be like a downright hooker yeah you know so then it's then it's considered a false accusation when it's yeah. probably not you know that kind of stuff i so. had a um social worker i worked with there was like some like rape case going on like in the news um about like a girl in college got raped at a frat party or something. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, she shouldn't have been out there drinking like that. A social worker. She shouldn't be out there drinking and and not knowing what's going on. Oh, is that And I'm one? like, oh, that gives him the right to rape her? Like, yeah. Okay, well, well she you know how many times I would have been raped if that was the case? Yeah. Well, she probably was wearing something risque, <laughs> yeah, Rose. You know, her clothes. Yeah, she she brought it on. For it. Yeah, she was asking for it, for sure, right, from, based I on what she was wearing. I social worker said that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's your job to not say this. Right. Literally your job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm hoping our world's starting voted to change. For. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was pretty. Those that were was... two rough stories, but they yeah. were good, like stories of survival and, and turning your life around, you know? Yeah. I tried to add some humor by making a mess. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like we're like in a pig pen over here. I know. I guess I'll be doing a little laundry tonight. But um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, if you have any other questions, reach out um, on our Instagram or Facebook at No Ordinary Women Pod and our Twitter at No Ord, O R D, Women Pod. And our tikka talka. <laughs> I don't know why I say it that way, but I do because I think it's fun. At No Ordinary Women Pod. And, and um subscribe and like and subscribe. Sorry, like <laughs> I still can't talk. <laughs> subscribe, <laughs> review, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, on- review, and rate us. And you could do it on any um, platform. You don't just not on Apple. Yeah. Not just on Apple. Apple is the best. If you do it on Spotify, at. it doesn't register unless you have a certain amount of reviews. So do it on both, y'all. Come on. Come on and help us out. Well, if you listen to Apple, you probably don't listen to Spotify. Some people do listen to Spotify, too. It depends on where they are. Like, some people listen to Spotify, you know, like, at home instead of, like, Apple Music or something. No. Yeah. I don't believe that. <laughs> You're wrong, Lynn. <laughs> My mom uh, doesn't listen to podcasts on Apple because, can I tell you why? Does your mom listen to our podcast? Yeah, she does. She was listening to... Um, you know how you can adjust the speed yeah. on Apple Podcasts? Oh. <laughs> she she it made it like one and a half or two, and she could not figure out how to change it. So she started listening to podcasts on Spotify. Oh, my God. That's so funny. So she just like been listening to like she'll have Alexa on and she'll say, hey, Alexa, play, yeah. you know, No Ordinary Women. And it'll play it while she's like cooking or whatever. Yeah, right. But she could not. I 
went over there to help her rate and review us because <laughs> she couldn't figure out how to do it on Spotify. So I went to show her how and she was like, I don't listen to on Apple because and I was like, oh, and I started laughing because I did the same thing when it first happened. I thought there was some like I thought that something was wrong. Something yeah. was put in my food like I had some kind of like drinks or something. I'm not drinks, but some sort of drugs in my system. I was freaking out. Like, <laughs> What's going on? And I live alone. So it's like I couldn't even talk to somebody to figure out if it was just me. <laughs> I was like, talking really fast. I was like so confused. It took me like a good five minutes to realize that it was just the podcast and not me having some kind of mental breakdown. I did that the other day on my watch when I was cleaning and I couldn't stop to like fix it. And it was driving me crazy. It was like on one and a half and I was like, oh my God. It's like listening to the chipmunks. (laughs) Why are they talking so fast? You could do that if you want some entertainment. Listen Listen to our podcast in one and a half and it sounds like the chipmunks. I listened to your story yet. Three, so it'd get over quicker. Well, I listen to yours at point five because I like to <laughs> I really can't pronounce anything at point five. Because then I hear the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, until next week. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye.